The Navy is testing a pay-for-performance plan officials hope will keep some of its talented surface warfare officers in the service. If the pilot goes well, the Navy plans to expand it into a program. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni spoke with Naval Director of Military Personnel Plans and Policy, Rear Admiral John Knoll, about the plan and how it will work. Pay for performance uh, is one of what we call our Sailor 2025 initiatives. And to kind of frame that and put it in reference for you, um, the National Defense Strategy has told us that we need to build a more lethal uh, and ready uh, military. Uh, as the Navy is looking at that, as we're looking at entering an era uh, of great power competition again, um, as we're looking at uh, how do we increase uh, that lethality and how do we attract, retain, train the talent that's required, uh, it's a pretty challenging environment. So uh, around 2015, uh, then uh, CNP Moran, who's now our Vice Chief of Naval Operations, uh, got us started down the path of Sailor 2025. It, and it is about uh, modernizing um, our personnel systems. It's on three pillars. That's the first. That's both processes. How do we do things? Pay for performance is a great example of that. We're doing it using all of the existing you know, IT that we have now, but we've tweaked the process. The second pillar is what we call ready, relevant learning. It's about a continuum of training and learning across a sailor's career. When you look at how fast technology is evolving now, it's very hard uh, for people to keep up with that. Therefore, uh, the training that we give somebody uh, at the beginning of their career um, gets outdated pretty quickly. Um, so Ready Relevant Learning is how do we build in uh, an organization that can deliver the right training at the right time and then, and then revisit that very quickly. And then the last pillar under Sailor 2025 is career readiness. That's all about how do we build tough, resilient sailors who are able to take a punch and keep on fighting uh, and the family support network uh, for the folks that are enabling them uh, to serve. How do we take care of them? So, so it's really those three pillars uh, that comprise Sailor 2025, which is how we are approaching taking care of the talent that we need uh, today to win the fight today and in the future. Can you tell us how this pilot program might work? What are sailors going to see in order to get this pay for, for good performance? Sure. So, so first of all, uh, as you're probably aware, um, when, we do, uh, when we do selective uh, reenlistment bonuses, uh, we're using a skill set uh, to do that. But there's not been a differentiation within that skill set to say, you know, Scott, has worked harder than John. So if we want Scott to stick around, maybe we should give him just a little bit more than what we're giving John. We, we, still, we still want uh, to retain um, as many folks in those skill sets as possible, but we think that we'll get the true talent um, and keep the talent uh, if if we're able to incentivize them a little bit more, we're going to start with a pilot um, to learn uh, to learn how it might work, and in advance of some of the IT changes, it will allow us to do it at greater scale. So specifically, we've targeted seven uh, of our surface warfare engineering ratings, things like machinist mates, damage controlmen. 
uh, enginemen, uh, etc. And if if they have gotten um, an EP an early promote on two out of their last three uh, fitness reports, their evaluations, and if they have uh, had no record of uh, what we call non-judicial punishment. So if they've kept their nose clean and if they've stayed in shape and kept themselves well as evidenced by their physical fitness test, uh, again, both for the last three years, then they're eligible uh, to go ahead and get uh, what we would call a kicker uh, to that SRB multiple. And I can certainly talk to you about what what those kinds of amount. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just kind of curious in, in the, the the general sense. You know, does that just kind of go up to a higher range of their pay grade, or you know, what? How does that work? That that's a that's a great um, that's a great question. So, um, for most folks, they're not uh, even in the Navy. Uh, the multiples, which is how we figure out how to do SRBs, um, tend to be. Uh, a little opaque. So um, if you if you just look at it simply, a 1.0 multiple uh, is one month's pay uh, per year, uh, and we do that for years of obligated service. So what that means is that if a person says, "Hey, uh, let's take a, let's take an E5, so a second class petty officer," um, if they reenlist uh, for four years, so 48 months. Um, based upon what their base pay is with four years of service, which is about $2,800, then we're going to go ahead and take the multiple uh, for that SRB, and we're going to bump it up. So if their multiple was a 1.0, we'll make it a 1.5. If it was a 2.0, we'll make it a 2.5. So if we – I mentioned earlier a damage controlman. So for a damage controlman under the current system – uh, or what had been the current system, uh, he would have gotten, or she, uh, about $11,000 uh, for reenlisting for four years. Uh, with this pay-for-performance initiative, they're going to get about $16,800. So, you know, that's a pretty sizable bump up uh, for most of us. And does this only apply when they do the reenlistment that they they kind of get this extra pay? Or so the the way that it works is that while they'll get the initial payment um, at first, then then the rest of it is spread over the course of uh, of their enlistment period. When it comes to figuring out on this pay for performance, the metrics, how are you going to figure out if this? actually works uh, a couple of years down the road um, what are you going to be looking at to find that out so so Scott we'll look at the we'll look at the take rates for those sailors we'll compare that to what we saw previously um, that that is a little bit looking in the in the rearview mirror right as you then look at what you've got um, I'll just mention that that one of the things that we're really pushing as part of our transformation is we have 55 different IT systems right now with about 250 plus programs that run on that, most of which don't talk to each other. So when we try and put together the kind of metrics to do what you've just mentioned, to, to truly analyze, assess, uh, and drill in, it's very hard. It's very time consuming. It eats up a lot of uh, you know bandwidth that we really don't have. What we're moving to is a single authoritative data environment where it's a big data lake and we can do all kinds of predictive analysis 
based on that, as well as looking historically. So as you see that coming online, that will also help us use pilots like this uh, or the environment to then forecast what we need. Right now, the way the evaluation system works, whether you're officer or enlisted, is you're ranked against uh, the cohort, your peers on a particular ship uh, or a submarine or in a squadron, you name it. Um, And so the dilemma has always been that the captain is forced uh, to only have a certain number of early promotes, a certain number of must promotes, and then a certain number of promotables. So simply put, it's based on longevity. Um, The commanding officers know how to try and, and take care of folks, but it really turns into a tenured system. What we want is a merit based system where it's a consistent standards based approach. Um, across the Navy. And the behavioral science here has uh, gone a long way since 1996 when we last updated uh, our performance and evaluation system. So, uh, and and we could could talk a long time about it, but but at the end of the day, we're bringing in behavioral uh, science uh, to go ahead and, and get a better read against a common standard for commanding officers at where somebody um, sits uh, with respect to to their performance. And we think that that will be a much more fair, a much more consistent way to do business. And it will allow us, quite frankly, to manage our talent uh, differently uh, than we do right now. And and you're doing some things to kind of help sailors help themselves as well. I, I think you have an app out now we we sure do so so uh, well one sailors sailors have always been able to go in and look at their record uh now the path that we're going down is we want them to be able to look at their record whether they're looking at their evaluations or the training they've completed or their credentials or certifications we want them to be able to do it on their iphone using multi-factor authentication just like you do everything else uh, that contains your personally identifiable information. So, so one uh, one effort that we're doing, and we just launched it here this past Tuesday, is that sailors now, without using our CAC, our Common Access Card that you have to put into your uh, machine, they can now uh, go on um, go on a My Record app, uh, and they can take a look at their electronic training jacket. Uh, right now, that's read-only. In the future, we envision moving most of our personnel processes to that kind of an ability uh, to use that. So, so that's, that's just one example of where we're trying to move uh, our HR system, our processes, our policies into the 21st century. So outside of your office here, there's a poster of the Chinese fleet and a map of Russia that's very different than what it would have been five years ago. And I think that really speaks to the talent grab that you're looking for within the Navy, the people that you need for this near peer competition. So how is this helping you get to where you need and what kind of people are you looking for? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, let me let me use that uh, to, just, to just tell you that when you look at what our Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Richardson, has talked to, to get after um, those peer competitors, um, and that you were pretty attentive in seeing those charts on the wall. Uh, but but we need uh, what he calls the Navy the nation needs. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be better. 
Um, it needs to be more agile, more flexible. Uh, it needs to be more ready. And then it needs to be talented. So talented is where we come in with that talented workforce. So we have to be able to attract the best. Right now, unemployment uh, is as low as it's been in the last 50 years. We know uh, that the skill sets that we produce in the Navy are highly sought after uh, in the civilian sector. Um, and in fact, we, we work with outfits where their economists will tell us exactly who they're looking for. Um, so we know that, that we've got to, uh, to be able to have a system to manage that talent where the talent says, okay, I get it. I'm happy with where I am. That, that again, is what Sailor 2025 is all about. It's about how do you not just attract and initially bring in, but then keep through a career um, those talented sailors. How do you repurpose them when the skill that they came in and trained on has now gone away uh, when you look at the kind of technology evolution that we're talking about? And when you look uh, at how some of our adversaries are um, expanding their capabilities. If we cannot keep those sailors current, um, then we then we won't be able to to win the fight. Remind us who is the sailor of 2025? Who is that person compared to 1996? When it comes to the skill sets that you need, how are they different than the past? What do you need now? Yeah. So so one, we need continual learners. Um, if you uh, if you think about an XY graph where you look at the pace uh, of technology change and then you look at the ability of folks to adapt to that, what you see is technology uh, is changing at an exponential rate now. Most folks um, adapt at something that's a little bit more of an arithmetic line, right? A, a fairly steady, um, a fairly steady slope. So uh, I. I, we have to find folks that can be adaptable and flexible and that um, are used to learning in different ways. That's why when we talk about ready, relevant learning, um, we're going to move our training uh, closer to the point of need. In many cases, it may actually be via uh, one of, uh, you know, a handheld device uh, that is, uh, that's at the fleet concentration area, on the ship, um, you know, et cetera. We, they will – they – their ability to process. Um, think about when when you're going to fix something at home. Uh, even you and I now will go to YouTube to watch the video to do it. Well, we're moving to that kind of an approach as well when it comes to training and even some maintenance functions on our ship. That's a different skill set. They are not afraid in the digital uh, environment, uh, and they're used to going to that uh, to get uh, answers to all kinds of questions, and we're going to leverage that as we help build them and then keep them adaptable and flexible. So that's one piece part of it, but then the way that we manage uh, their careers, the way that we're able to give them options, uh, things like our detailing marketplace where it will be more interactive, more like LinkedIn, where they can, they can do some negotiating. I, I want to be able to, instead of just doing a, a selective reenlistment bonus um, to get someone to reenlist. I'd, I'd like to have a system where they go in and you say monetary, non-monetary, what's important to you? Is it important to you to do two back-to-back -to -back tours in San Diego, California? And that's a pretty nice place. If the answer is yes, 
then maybe I don't have to pay you an SRB, even if you're in a needed skill set, to go ahead and re-up. Um, if you want education, maybe that can be part of that package. Um, there, there's all kinds of ways that we can that we can get after that, and and we've done a lot of that now. For instance, dual military couples, uh, of which we have quite a few. We now have pledged that we will co-locate them unless they tell us that they don't want that. So when you look at, at that and a lot of other initiatives, it's all designed to give sailors more flexibility, more options, but, but that is to meet the needs of the Navy. Navy Rear Admiral John Knoll, Director of Military Personnel Plans and Policy, talking with Federal News Radio Scott Mossioni. Tomorrow, in part two of the interview, Noel discusses how the Navy's changing its support systems to support the new personnel policy. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.